because I don't think it's like a great comparison, but it makes me think of uh, that um, Korean director, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, <laughs> good old Bong. It was like allegorical, and it had how do you say his name? Even Stephen Yun, Yoon Yun. Remember that one? It was a Korean film, I think. I know Bong did a film with Steven. Um, I don't know what it was, though. Well, what's that movie where it has Steven Young and he's like a rich guy? But he's not even the main character. It's like um, some girl disappears, maybe. She like goes missing and then there's that one guy looking for her. Are you talking about Burning? Yeah, I think so. Because I think he plays like a kind of a dick in that, right? A rich dick? Yeah. I think is his character. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's not Bong. Oh, okay. Who directed this? Uh, yeah, this was by Lee Chang Dong. Yeah, I think I was the one that was talking about this, and then you watched it. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, they're kind of, I don't know, in my mind, Lynch, because they both entered like the popular zeitgeist at the same time, just because Steven Yoon is like, gaining some uh, popularity. It's going up on the star meter right now, and like these are the two films kind of at the front of it. Well, mm. maybe not burning so much because it is not super well known, but it came out like right before all the Minari hype. I never heard of Minari, but I know him from uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah. That's probably where most people know him from. TV fame is not exactly the same as box office draw or movie fame. They're kind of different camps. Hi there, this is Luke. On today's episode, we look at theme, character motivation, and realism in Lee Isaac Chung's Minari. Welcome to Notes from the Silver Screen. The old man met his greatest adversary just when he thought that part of his life was over. He saw himself in the fish. Violence is a product of fear. Learn to truly love yourself. We can't lose. We can't lose. We can't, we can't lose. lose. <laughs> we made it. Since a war on terror was declared, has your personal net worth gone up by more than $250 million? On a hair. On a hair has to outrun the dogs. So what if it doesn't? David, 한국 사람은 머리를 써. Okay? We use our minds. Yeah. Yeah, this one was much better. I think... There's still like some greater meaning you can get from it, but burning is just too allegorical. And I don't know, I, that can be fine, I'm sure, but I didn't find the story compelling either. So it just kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, I remember you saying that. It's still on my list. Maybe not particularly high, but I'll get there someday, probably. Yeah, but Minari, like I told you, I knew it was like about an immigrant family, I guess, and probably that they were had a farm. I didn't really know anything beyond that. And so throughout so much of the movie, I was waiting for um, it to be about racism or something. Seems like everything's about racism. And so they were going to be like some uh, Arkansas Hicks people doing bad stuff to him. And then at the end, I was waiting for the grandma to die, too, because, dang, like, it seemed like she was close to death, too. 
and like no lie, I was expecting them to find like the body in the in the Minari or something, <laughs> but they they didn't. So maybe it probably says more about me than the movie, but yeah, I kind of subverted my expectations because that's what I was expecting to happen in the movie, not knowing anything about it. That's kind of how I think I even pitched it when I was first talking about it. Is it's the story of Korean immigrants chasing the American dream? Because that's like the impression I got from the first trailer, which I I feel like. I mean, yeah, that's what happens in a large part in the film, but I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like the trailer was a super accurate representation of what the film was. And I mean, we, we talked a little bit about how I, I didn't really love Minari, but as I've been talking and thinking about it, I think on a rewatch, like knowing what it's about and, and knowing like what kind of film I'm getting into, I think I might enjoy it more. So I I did want to get a rewatch done before talking about it, but didn't quite make the time to. I really liked it because I think there's a couple of things just, um I guess, structurally, I would say. Yeah, I think that's kind of the right word. Structurally, because I like that it was, um it seemed to take place in, I don't even know, the 80s maybe? Is that right? The 70s? It seemed like a kind of set. Yeah, it's a period piece. I think it's the 80s. Yeah, a little while back. I just like that. That gave it a different feel. And then also, just the fact that like it's a Korean migrant family in Arkansas. Like a kind of a novelty to it, to me, I guess. So, it's really interesting to see something that has that kind of out of town or out of time, not out of town, out of time feeling like you're looking back, like, like any, you know, movie set in, I'm going to say eighties. So that, I don't know. I got a kind of a cool feel from that. And then also, you know, that has that novelty to it. that It's a kind of a, an untold story. I would say, well, people come to the U S I think because they do see it as a lot of opportunity and that's really, how, um, oh my gosh, Jacob, I think was his name, might have been like said a different way. I'm going to call him Jacob. That's, you know, what he was pursuing. And then, but beyond that, like, that, I mean, that was like the story really in a sense, but it, it, the way it plays out, I would say, is just through the family drama. And that's, I think, a really good delivery tool. The, the best thing I think you could do in general to make a compelling story is to bring it down to human relations. Yeah. I, I mean, I was talking, I think last week with some people just about how in storytelling kind of the maxim is like, make it specific to have general appeal, right? Cause the more specific you get, the less like people will relate to maybe the facts or the, the, that, actual occurrences of the story, but the more they'll relate to the feelings and the emotions and the, the situation, they'll see like this really specific, oh, it's a Korean immigrant family in Arkansas. And then they're kind of in this fight over him pursuing his farm and her wanting like to live in a actual civilized city and stuff. 
And so even though that's very specific, there's a lot of like emotional connection that other people will have, you know, whether over marital strife or this conflict of pursuing the dream versus providing. I do think I agree with a lot of what you said, kind of the uniqueness of the setting and it being a story that's not really told. And I do think a large part of it is, you know, it's it's an immigrant story. Watching um, Isaac Lee Chung, the director and writer, and Stephen Yoon, the star, talk about it. That's that's really what they connect to. There was one interview where where Stephen, I think it was actually J.J. Uh, Abrams was directing, uh, was uh, interviewing the two, and Stephen kind of talked about what it means to be Korean American, because you know some people. Everybody places different expectations on him, and especially coming off of burning, because he was in burning right before, where, you know, it was one of his, like, first big roles in a, you know, Korean film, and then kind of like how people expect him to be or, or view him as a Korean or, or Korean-American in a Korean context versus, you know, being Korean-American in, in an American context, and the different... Um, the social expectations that come with being an immigrant. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then kind of like the timelessness or the kind of being a period piece and being in a large extent um, inspired by the life of Isaac Lee Chung. It isn't like truly autobiographical but it has a lot of autobiographical influence uh, with characters from Isaac's life and kind of his experience growing up in an immigrant family and all of this carryover and one thing that he talked about is he didn't want it to be nostalgic right it's a period piece and it's about this family struggling to make it but he didn't want it to feel overly nostalgic, like drawing from his memories. And so he talked about how he started and like in the story, he's essentially David, right? But he didn't want to have everything from the perspective of David. And so he would purposely go about writing from the perspective of Jacob or of, I don't remember the, the wife's name. But, you know, trying to, to get the perspective of these other characters with the express purpose of it not feeling overly nostalgic. Okay, I guess I'll talk about what I didn't really vibe with as much. So I, talking over the past couple of days after having watched it, I think my biggest disconnect was I didn't feel like there was a very pointed theme or like a a consistent thematic through line because in essence, it's the story of immigrants chasing the American dream. And I mean, they even talk about that. So, I mean, even Jacob and Monica, you know, it said that they came to America to, you know, save each other or whatnot. And this idea that things would be easier or better here, but most of the story, at least to me, wasn't really about that. Right. And it felt like going through these different memories of of Lee Chung 
kind of took away from perhaps focusing more on a central theme because we kind of look at being an immigrant in America and we look at marital uh, conflict and and issues and how a family evolves or, or adapts to these different pressures. And then there's also this idea of religion throughout with Anne going to church and Paul and then like church is a social construct as well with talking about Korean church and why they don't start one. And then Monica goes to the, the white people church and then she's like, yeah, we, we should just work on Sundays. It's not worth it. So I feel like there's all of these different things and I would have been happier if the film perhaps focused more on any one of them because I found all of them interesting, but I didn't really get to connect too much or too deeply with anything with the possible exception of maybe the the role of a family. I feel like the most poignant scenes in the film were, like you said, about the family, right? Centered around them with... Uh, in particular, right after the first big fight, and then Jacob and Monica came to the agreement of having the grandma come, and then they're all on the same page. I found that like little montage very moving where Jacob goes out and he's figuring out how to start his farm while Monica prepares the trailer home for grandma. That part really got me just seeing them, you know, kind of coming together in the sense of family unity. But so like you're saying you don't think the film is cohesive? That's what detracted from it? I, I don't know to, if I'd go so far as to say the film in general isn't cohesive. Because, I mean, the, the the plot is is really cohesive, right? Like there's not, it isn't jumping around plot-wise, but more story-wise, if that makes sense. So not so much that it doesn't flow but there isn't a thematic consistency, right? It isn't about one thing. It isn't about marriage or a family, like overcoming some struggle. It isn't about Korean Americans adapting to American life. It isn't about religion as a social construct. It touches on all of those things as it tells the story of this family but I feel like it doesn't have a central message to it. At least I didn't walk away with one. I think I might agree. I think looking back on it, I I see it kind of, it's probably true of any movie, but you know, if you try to dissect it, Jacob has like his own story within the movie, trying to get the farm up and running. And then honestly, I think it's kind of just everything else. Uh, probably most, you know, most generally, uh, most consistently, um, just David, really, and kind of seeing it, I would say, more through his eyes. Anne seems more like a minor character. I just don't take it the way you do, I guess. I don't think um, having, a, I guess, a holistic approach detracts from the movie at all for me. I think it's a, yeah, like a solid movie. It's good. I think it is just kind of holistic. You get a little taste of everything. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just don't need a like a central theme to hang my hat on. I think it's just kind of like focus more on an experience rather than an idea. I'm going to say it that way. Focus more on an experience than an idea. And I think that's kind of the point of the movie, I would say. Or at least that's how I 
interact with it and take away from it. So, and because it is an experience and not an idea, uh, you don't need to develop any particular theme in depth. In fact, that's, I guess that's kind of the idea that we can put all, wet all these together through the common theme of the the family. I think there's probably some truth in that. Perhaps I, I carried in certain expectations of, of what I thought it was going to be. And then, you know, it was a different film than what I imagined. And so I think that detracted a little bit from my experience. So I'm sure on a rewatch, I'd be able to more just enjoy spending time with the family a little bit more. I think it is like that. I mean, for a movie like this, where there are, you know, there's not a lot of characters in it and it is about a central family and, um, you know, it's a kind of a personal, um, look at a, a family and, and, you know, just ideas we talked about that really you need to, I think, rely on the characters for it to, um, have, a, you know, to be a good film, I would say to, to be impactful or, or, Oh, what's the right word? I don't even want to say impactful. I'm just going to say to be a good film. There's not like a huge, maybe particular theme that sticks out more than any other. I would say because of those factors, you need kind of stronger characters. And I think the film really delivers on that too. Because the grandma is a bit of a wild card. She's a lot of fun. And David, he's so cute. Um, the crazy guy carrying the cross. I don't, I don't know his name. A little farmhand. Paul. It's a nice um, touch of flavor. I think a lot of the charm in the movie is it's in its simplicity. I, even like it seemed like there were a lot of static shots and and a lot of um, just kind of closer up shots, just fo- you know, just of their faces and top of their shoulders, stuff like that. I want to compare. I don't know why. I don't exactly know why, but I want to compare it to Napoleon Dynamite. And I think part of it's just it's probably not it's i'm sure it's not a good comparison i think a lot of it maybe is just the kind of um rural feel to it there's not a lot going on and like you know they're very different in that one's a comedy and the others i, I don't know what you'd call it just like a, a regular movie family <laughs> drama seems like both are kind of simply shot both um are strong character pieces and both um, have, like I said, kind of a rural element to it. Even going a little further than that, just besides the rural element, or maybe as an effect of that, you're able to see a slice of life that if you don't live outside or if you don't live in that community, you wouldn't really be familiar with it in the same way they are. Like someone who would grow up in that, like in, in the middle of Arkansas where there's where people sex chickens and, and um, grow farms and are, yeah. And you see that kind of life. Just, I guess kind of bring the circle back around to the beginning. That was uh, something that I liked about it. And I found charming the chance to see something that you wouldn't get to see. And I think that's, that's the beauty of any medium, but we're talking about film here in film. You can, hopefully show someone a different side of life and something that is unfamiliar to them. I think there was a great depth to most of the characters. I think the only one who wasn't in my mind, super 
fleshed out was the daughter Anne, but everybody else, you know, they have the characters feel really lived in and grounded. Um, from Jacob to the grandma, David honestly stole the show. David was so cute and charming. Um, but you know, even Monica and Paul, just everybody felt real. And I think a lot of that came from Isaac, you know, relying on his real experiences. He talked about how Paul is based on a real person. And I, you can imagine that there are aspects of his real family and Jacob as his dad and Sunja and his grandma as Monica as his mom. And I feel like there's that, that provided a, a depth and a realism to the characters. And I mean, I, I don't know the, let's see, Sunja was, oh, I'm going to butcher their names. Yoon Yoo Jung and Monica's Han Ye Ri, which I don't know either of them, but I know the grandma at least is a, very renowned actress in Korea. Mm. Um, cool. But, I mean, everybody did a good job. And one thing from the production standpoint, I guess two things from production. First, like you said, it's simply shot. I think it's more visually interesting than Napoleon Dynamite, which is one extreme. Like, every single shot is on a tripod in Napoleon. But, you know, there's not really any elaborate shots there's no tracking shots or not a lot of pans or anything like that um and i think part of that is style and part of that is the fact that they had a very limited time i think i sh they shot it in like 23 24 days or something like that not not a very long time to shoot and then the other production was the kids david and Anne, um first time actors because they needed to find, you know, young kids who were fluent in both Korean and English. And so they put out a casting call and I think they got, you know, probably like 70 kids total. Alan Kim, the guy, the kid who plays David, I think he was probably my favorite character. He's so funny, <laughs> especially him and Sunja, David and Sunja. That was really charming relationship. And that was one of the things that I, connected with more was just um him going from a distaste for the grandma and you know always saying you're not a real grandma and you see this bond grow between them as they just develop a mutual respect and love and just real feel good movie at parts even with you know all of the conflict and the fighting and the barn burning down I feel at the, at the end, it was hopeful, you know, yeah. obviously not everything's resolved, you know, they're still going to have those marital issues and, um, but I felt like in general, it was a happy film. Yeah. And, you know, I think kind of just touching on what you said about the idea of maybe they're not being, um, maybe a more central theme that's fleshed out and. Maybe, you know, just a bunch of little ones. When I think of kind of this, the, um, well, not even in general, I guess, but because like from the beginning, the 
the conflict is established, right? That she's not the happiest about being there. But I do think as it kind of progresses, I guess in particular, I'm thinking of the scene after they leave the, like the Korean market and she, she's upset that he chose the farm over the family. I do think it kind of takes away some of the emotional punch there. There, there could be like a benefit to, like you said, kind of focusing on that a little more in that when you do focus on that in the story or when it does come up in the story, that it's more impactful and it's more significant and it, and it's, and it's better in that way. But yeah, I guess on the other hand, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be that. I feel like a lot of the great movies would have a centralized theme like that. And I wouldn't call this like, um, redef you know, redefining or anything, or like, it's going to be a shattering movie within the film industry or, or within the world of, um, fandom for films. But, uh, I think if you accept it for what it is and kind of go in, um, you know, with the idea of enjoying the film for what it is rather than comparing it to what it isn't, that you are going to walk away satisfied with it. It's kind of maybe just saying what we already said, but just kind of a period on it. Yeah. What was the, you had a point about, I think you said something like it wasn't as impactful as it could be, or it took away the impact uh, when she, you know, basically says that she doesn't want to, like she's going to leave him after the marketplace. Yep. What was your point about that scene? I don't know. It's kind of hard. I feel like I'm trying to dissect it on the fly or figure out. It's all contrived, I guess. Like something that you would see on TV where you're stuck to like a little 45 minute window or half an hour window. So you, it's like, it's like a, just a shade of reality in a sense, right? Like there are certain movies I think the longer format kind of lends itself to um, helping this idea in that you're able to get really well-established characters and really well-established themes. And that so when you get to the climax of the film, there's this connection to the characters, this connection to the ideas. And so when the climax comes, it really leaves you thinking and it's really impactful. Whereas, you know, comparing it to a TV show, even if they do have that, a lot of them um, kind of struggle against probably the, really the time constraints among what I'm sure are a host of other factors. You're able to, I still think you can appreciate the idea. And, you know, I certainly do in the film. And I think there are a lot of other scenes where they're talking and having their marital, you know, troubles. But that scene in particular felt a little flat for me. And I, I think the same way that you would get some of those um, TV ones for it. So do you think that's the scene itself, um, how it's paced or where it's located in the film? I wonder if some of it might be because the, uh, the idea is explored earlier. Like he's saying, I remember, I think it was in the, in their house one night where he said, you can go if you want to, but either way I'm staying here. So it felt like, I guess mm -hmm. just a continuation of that. And so I, maybe it's just the way it was written or the way, who knows, who knows why. Oh, because it's kind of just reiterating that story beat in a sense. It just didn't stand out to me in the same way like that earlier scene did. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, I just find that interesting because I don't really 
you know, that didn't stick out one way or the other for me, but, uh, Bong Joon-ho was actually, uh, did an interview with Isaac Lee Chung. And that was one of the scenes that he brought up as one he really Mm -hmm. liked because, um, I guess in a way it's a little bit subversion of expectations, right? Because we get all of this good news. Oh, David's actually getting better. Oh, we finally found a buyer for our produce. And then, you know, when everything is looking up, Monica is like, yeah, but when things weren't good, you chose the farm over us and that's not okay. I think his point is it's kind of like a, a reality check or a gut punch, you know, where we've, we've been struggling for, you know, like an hour with all of these different things from losing our buyer to struggling to move into this new place in a new state with, you know, without the same cultural moorings or familial support. And then when things finally start going good, Monica kind of grounds it and it's like, Hey, and I think his point was actually that that was like a really strong choice for her as a, as a character to kind of stand her ground because it can be in real life easy to go, uh, to go along when the going's good, right? It's when the world starts to fall apart, when you're out of money and can't pay your water bill that you really start to, I guess, question the viability of, of your lifestyle or the marriage or, or family dynamic that you have. But it takes a certain sense of self and a certain strength of character to hold to those judgments, even when things are going good and, you know, and to kind of stand our ground in that way, which I thought was a cool insight. Yeah. I think that's a really good counterpoint. And I don't want to overstate it because, I mean, you know, I kind of went off for a moment there. Um, but I only saw the movie once. And even so, like, even if, you know, I misremember or something or it's just looking right now looking back from what I remember, I could be completely wrong. You know, it's possible. Um, even, you know, just wrong about my own personal experience with it, but. I think it was kind of more of a minor point anyways for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have to go back, I guess, and watch it again. Just talking about Bong Joon-ho, there was another point uh, that he made that I thought was really interesting and I just wanted to share. Is He talked about Minari the plant, and he said that with Minari the first yielding of the crop isn't very good. And so you kind of have to let it, um, like not harvest it that first year, let it kind of die down. And then the second year, um, when it is when you really get like a good harvest. And so he, he kind of compared that to the immigrant story, right? Cause that's the traditional immigrant story. And that's what, you know, Jacob is fighting for or claims to be fighting for is, you know, they're making all of these sacrifices so that the next generation can have that American dream, right? Because immigrants coming to the United States generally don't have that good of a go of it. But the whole idea is that through sacrifice, their posterity can have a better life, 
even though for the vast majority, they won't achieve it for themselves. So I just thought that was kind of cool view of Minari as sort of a metaphor. And, you know, I don't know. It was like the only thing that really grew well, right? Steve, uh, Jacob's whole Korean crop, you know, it was struggling and to get enough water, but the Minari was thriving, growing so well by the creek. I don't know. You didn't, I don't feel like you really got, I don't think it really showed like a reaction for um, Jacob, but he seemed, because he just seemed like pretty stoic about everything. I was freaking loses all his crop in a fire from and grandma burning garbage out there after having a stroke and uh i don't know he just just like drops that uh that rock or that brick down where he's gonna put the well and seems like it's kind of business as usual yeah i think um i think it might have just been in the script when i was reading the script um or it could have been one of the interviews where they were talking about filming that scene. But basically the idea is he's in there rushing to save the crops, right? And then Monica comes in and she's helping him drag stuff out of the fire. And then there's a moment where he loses her, right? And he can't see her in the smoke. And that is in the film, but it didn't stick out to me, I guess, in the way it did when I was reading it. Um, but like he, he can't see her for the smoke and then he kind of changes from just trying to save as many crops as possible to trying to find Monica. And I think that's kind of, you know, supposed to be the point where he, I guess, changes maybe his focus. I don't know. Cause I feel like after the, the barn burns down, the idea is Monica and Jacob are on the same page, right? And that's emphasized because they're both there with Paul and the, um, what's that called? The water finder? I don't know. A diviner? <laughs> yeah. With the diviner. Yeah. Well, I mean, that stood out to me. Like I came across clear for me, like, you know, that danger of losing his wife and that moment making a different choice. But I'm just, maybe it's because I was just thinking, you know, how you think, kind of put yourself in their shoes and imagine how you would react kind of as you're watching the movie. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And I would choose my wife too, but I would still be a little grumpy afterwards. <laughs> Homie playing around with garbage and burns down my farm after I just got it sold after all that trouble. After the vendor bells on you and you finally find a replacement and everything's looking up. Yeah, you should, um, maybe it was Variety. There was a, I think it was the J.J. Abrams interview, but Stephen actually talks about that choice there because apparently in the first couple of takes, he was like really just losing it, right? Just kind of putting it all out there and just, I guess, going in his opinion over the top with this reaction. Um, but then I think he said he saw actress that played Monica and like how she was crying or something and you realized that he should tone it back for that performance so I 
I don't know. I, I'm not really sure what his point was there or why he made that choice, but he does talk about that in one of his interviews. Mm. So maybe you could track that down and, and see if you think he had a good reason or if he was still in the wrong for doing that. I think it would have been good to have like just one more shot in there one or one scene there didn't have to be any like dialogue or anything like that but just something for jacob where it kind of puts the exclamation point on on the idea of i guess him accepting or making a choice there or or accepting the outcome or something yeah i get your point just to kind of sell that devastation of he spent you know months fighting not able to find water and not able to find a buyer and then when he finally gets everything aligned and going good the grandma burns everything he's working he was working towards and he has to start from zero without money this time so yeah i I think there could have been a good shot there to kind of sell that sense of devastation you get like that sense you, you could go you know a couple different ways like you're gonna have that idea of frustration and loss and kind of focus on that that that's a compelling human story or focus on the reconciliation with his wife and him choosing family over you know everything else which would also play really well especially when you consider you know that that's been kind of the struggle throughout the whole movie and i just feel like kind of how it ended for me was like like obviously you can see that he made the choice to save his wife instead of the crop but after that, I felt like it was just business as usual, which I thought just kind of seemed a little strange to me. Yeah, that's a fair point. I got nothing else. Minari, pretty good. There is a lot of charm. There's great characters, great acting. I think it's ultimately a a rather hopeful story of family. And, you know, like, like you said earlier, it's a story that's not often told so it's a good experience to kind of widen your horizons and get a new perspective thank you so much for listening to notes from the silver screen i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please share it we'll be back right here in a couple of weeks with a new episode It's called a ding dong.